Welcome to Watching the Game. I'm your host, Idris Mohamed Gudemi, joined today by Yunus Frukh and later on, Naada Isa. Uh, today is November 24th and it is Thanksgiving week, which means college basketball starts this week, too. Woohoo! Uh, we'll get to that later. First of all, week 11, the NFL season finished. So we got to talk about that. Um, sadly, Joe Burrow this weekend tore his ACL and his MCL out for the season. Hopefully he can be back beginning of next season, but that's just a big oof. Yeah, yeah major, major oof. Hopefully, hopefully the Bengals organization learned that their offensive line is trash and they need one for Joe Burrow. I think... The dude who got destroyed on the play where he tore his ACL's name is Michael Jordan. And I'm pretty convinced they only drafted him because his name is Michael Jordan. Because he sucks. <laughs> you know, that's just that's just how it is sometimes. But let's, uh, let's talk about some of the headlines from the weekend. First of all, what the hell is wrong with Carson Wentz? Like... My man leads the NFL in interceptions and fumbles. He's just, just trying to do too much for his team. And another, like, main part to that, he he basically, I don't think he has trust in any of his players. He's just trying to do everything on the team. It's kind of sad because even people are trying to say like oh he hasn't been the same since his knee injury and that's just not true because he had two seasons after that injury the first season he was fine he wasn't great he wasn't bad either last year he was pretty damn good considering they had no receivers whatsoever half the running backs got hurt i mean they were playing, I mean, considering all the injuries last year, he was playing pretty well. And now this year, yeah, they've were. had most of the same. Sure, the whole line has gotten hurt, too, in the tight ends. But, like, that's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, over and over again, you just see Wentz trying to make plays that just aren't his, his style. He's, he's trying to do too, too much for his team. I just, like... I, he's always had that, like, thought process. He'll play like that. This year, it's just... This year, it's just way worse. And part of it is, like I said, the O-line, they've had... Literally, the only healthy player on the O-line was Kelsey. But then again, like, the pick six he threw on Sunday... Oof. Oh, that was a poor throw. 
like I feel like a I kind of feel bad to say it, but I I had uh, my Bears defense on a bye this week. I picked up the Browns defense. I <laughs> I had a feeling he was gonna keep doing playing like he did, and he did. And that, and just, just that, that game against the Browns, you see the poor condition. It's gonna be a dirty game, weather wise. So why pressure yourself and force yourself to make these throws when you could just keep it on the ground? Yeah, that's that's another thing. Um, Doug Peterson hasn't been the savior ever since they won the Super Bowl. I mean, Frank Reich, a lot of people are starting to think Frank Reich was the real brains behind their Super Bowl win. I, I'm wager to say that he played a much bigger part than we thought originally, but some of what Doug Peterson is doing is just ridiculous. Just not, I just don't understand it sometimes. And somehow I mean, this hey, game... That's what you're going to get in the NFC East or, or the NFC least. one is winning their division. This is just not fair to at least... We're going to have two AFC teams and we're probably going to have two AFC teams and one NFC team that finishes like above 500 but doesn't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. And instead, we're going to get, I'll wager, I guess, like a 6-10 and 10 Washington in, instead. Yeah, you know who deserves who deserves that NFC East number one uh, seed? The football team. They have the best pass rush defense in the NFL. That injured Joe Burrow. Douchebag. I'm kidding. It happens. Chase Young, though. Before that happened, he... uh. Destroyed Joe Burrow going at the goal line, knocked the ball loose. Oh yeah, definitely that was that was, that was part of a vicious hit. Twenty to nine victory. Uh, Another part of that is Burrow had the field open. He hesitated instead of going. There was a safety driving, like absolutely breaking on him. I don't think. So. Do you remember the play? Um, what the refs called it? They called it a fumble, and then. Uh, the Yeah, the Bengals almost had another opportunity, but it got called back. I do think Washington is the best team in this division, even though they lost to the Giants twice. It's like, I just think right now, Alex Smith might be the best QB in the division. I'm not even. How about after you saw Dallas's win over the Vikings? They got their defense kind of back in shape. They got Andy Dalton back. What do you think about that? Uh, no, no, I don't trust Mike McCarthy at all. They won what thirty-one to twenty-eight. They probably. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they win this Thursday, Thanksgiving, if they win. Against Washington, and I'll be like. I mean, okay, you, maybe you look at their remaining schedule. Uh, they, they have, have the schedule except for Baltimore. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the Niners, but they need to beat the Niners if they want to be contenders. 
I don't, I don't, I still just don't like any of these teams. None of them inspire any confidence. Actually, it is worth pointing out that they went above 500, I think, for the first time this week, this year. Because only the Eagles lost. The Cowboys and the, and Washington won. And the Giants had their bye. So there's that, I guess. I mean, whatever improvement you see from the NFC East should be taken. I would guess... I'm still... I'll put my money on Washington doing the division right now. Something, oh, that would be a, a big underdog. 6-10, like and 10, I guess. Maybe 7-9. and nine. But no, 7-9 and nine might be stretching. 6-10, and 10, though. Yeah. I can't six believe and this ten, is man. a conversation. I hate this division so much. Why can't there just be a good team in this division? I don't understand. Next year when that comes, comes back. Maybe. Alright, moving on. I cannot believe... I know everyone's already trying to hype him up. You know, he had one game. One game. Against Atlanta. So calm yourselves. But they somehow did have a good game the other day. But it was one game. So everyone can relax because, no, I still don't think he's it. Anything. I mean, if you look at what he produced, 18 completions for 233 yards. Found Michael Thomas a lot. And he went over 100 yards receiving. He played it, um, I would say, cautious, and I think that's what Sean Payton wanted him to, uh, how to, wanted him to play it. He had a cautious. couple weird deep balls. Like, he threw a couple of nice deep balls, then he threw this other one where I swear he made yeah, ten had to run 10 yards back to catch it because it was really bad. So, yeah, and I, I agree with you. You're playing a Falcons defense, which is not the best. So, yeah, I could see your point. I I mean, this was a game the Saints defense won. Eight sacks. The Falcons just are never able to block this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last time the Saints and the Falcons played, um, Cam Jordan recorded four sacks, and this time he records three. Trey Hendrickson, man. One of the top three contenders, uh, contenders for defensive rookie of the year. I don't think he's a rookie. I think uh, he's actually been in the league for a couple of years. Now that I think about it, it's just the this is yeah. his first. I thought he was. Nah, he was drafted in twenty twenty seventeen. Yeah, but oh, I thought he was a mostly quiet. Honestly, I think they'd be fine letting him walk because. I think he's good, but they drafted Marcus Dan- Davenport in 2018, and I think he's actually better. He's not getting as many sacks, but it's not always all about sacks. You know, it's about hey, pressures, right. it's about winning your pass rushes, etc. You know, that type of thing. Um, What else was there? Uh, Titans-Ravens game. Which game? Take us through that last play. 
Wait, which one did you say? I didn't hear. Take us through the last play of the Titans-Ravens game. I am disappointed. That's what I would say about that. Ugh. I don't know how they let Derrick Henry do it to them again. The Ravens may be in a bit of trouble. First of all, okay, yeah. Derrick Henry, that was a great play. I want to say fantastic move. Great cutout, you know, beeline straight for the end zone, and they couldn't tackle him. Honestly, they were missing. I'm not worried about their defense that much. They were missing two of their better D linemen. And, uh, you know, overall, before that, they had mostly contained the Titans. So I'm not too worried about that. Even the offense. They put up and speaking of the Ravens, uh, yeah, they they're not just having trouble on the field, but even off the field. J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID yesterday, and it looks like they had to cancel practice today. So you think they'll be prepared for the Steelers? I mean, you've seen that you don't really need practice to win. I mean, the Titans beat destroyed the Bills, and they weren't practicing at all. So I think they can. I hope. Honestly, hope for their season's sake they can because they've got an easy schedule. But dropping to six and five in a tight AFC wild card race, yeah, isn't gonna really cut their chase. I I want to say like I I think they can go. I think they I've went on ESPN's playoff machine because I'm just like that sometimes. <laughs> I was uh, so I did it for them. And I actually had them going, I think, 11-5. and five, Making the playoffs, though. So I think they still will get there. I'm not totally sold on the Titans, even though they just won this game. Like, I could totally see them as the type of team that would collapse down the stretch. But also, they've proven me wrong time and time again. So, I don't know if I can really say that. I still think they'll make the playoffs over the Raiders and one of the Titans or Browns. I think even the Dolphins. Probably the Browns. I don't know, man. The Browns are pretty good. And they haven't even playing with been playing with Baker playing that well yet, so... I mean, if you look at the Browns' schedule... They play the Titans and the Ravens and the Steelers as their hard games, you would say. Mm. And they have the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Jets. I don't know. They could go three and three. Jaguars, Giants, Jets. See, that Jets game is annoying. They've got basically three guaranteed wins, 10 and 6. That should get you in. Obviously, we'll see. I think the Raiders have a little bit of a tough schedule. They also play the Jets, but they play, like, Dolphins. Um, I don't think they'll beat the Chargers this time. You know, that type of stuff. Speaking of the Raiders, that Sunday night game was something. Yeah, that was a very well-played Sunday night game from both teams. Good enough for the Raiders. At least offensively. 
the Chiefs defense is very hot and cold because they have a ton of talent. But week to week you don't know what you're gonna get. At the same yeah, time, man. I think the only All the commentators All the commentators hype up Steve Spagnuolo on his defense, but I don't really see any production from them. I mean, I think for the most part it's like for the most part it's only the Raiders have really be, like found whatever it is and exposed it. I don't I don't know how many teams have actually scored like above 24 points on them. The Raiders twice. Yeah, probably. The Raiders and the Panthers. Raiders, Panthers, Panthers is very interesting. Mm. I mean, the Raiders, they have themselves. Now the Raiders dropped to six and four now, but they're still just a hair ahead of the Ravens in the wild card race. And the Chiefs defense have themselves a tough game against the Buccaneers this Sunday. That'll be fun to see, won't it? I mean, I just want to say, Patrick Mahomes, though. Jeez. Man's a beast. But also, Jonathan Abram. This man talks so much crap and hasn't backed it up with his play at all. Like Oh, he plays, he plays like Buddha Baker. Aggressive and very elect, like electrically. Yeah, he plays aggressively, but that aggressiveness cost him the game the other day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, the I'm, late I'm, hit I'm, out of bounds. I'm just gonna come up, you know. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is probably gonna run, get five yards. No, no, no. I need to run up here and stop him. Oh no, I left the tight end wide open in the end zone. What am I doing? You're playing cover four. The goal of cover four is not let me run up on the QB before he crosses the line of scrimmage. You're just trying to prevent a touchdown at that point. I don't know what he was doing. And I think... I think this will start a collapse by the Raiders just like they had last year. That might be a I mean, yeah, the defense the defense needs to step up a bit. Their offense, as you said, is on point. Derek Carr is, is a pretty underrated quarterback. If they could make Nelson Aguilar play well again, they should trade for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Well, that would be a nice trade. Um, Derek Carr, just not including the last play of the game, which was just... I don't know what he was trying to do there, but he played pretty good. Really did. Everyone's saying, like, oh, they should get rid of him at this point. I think he's finally returned to peak form 2016, where he was actually an MVP candidate. So that's one thing the Raiders should feel good about. 
Yeah, and I think part of that is because they have a, a run game now. Their offensive line is pretty good. So he has something to work with. His receiving core is probably the least effective on his team, but he finds a way to work with it. And give it up for Derek Carr's audibles, man. Have you heard them? Yes, James Harden. Unfortunately, we were all expecting, you know, something better. You got to give me, like, a step back, deep pass at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, not a yeah, run the gut. Yeah, feet as well. Like, it was kind of funny because the James Harden play was an ISO run. Give me those all day. Um, the other two big games from the weekend. Um, first, the Sunday late game. Pack the Colts came back from down twenty eight fourteen and beat the Packers thirty four thirty one. Right after Green Bay tweets, <laughs> Marquez Valdez Scantling, MVS. Man, he's gonna super giveth taketh away type of guy right there. I thought Aaron Rodgers wouldn't let him onto the bus after the game. No, I'm kidding. There was some stupid reporter who literally asked LaFleur, oh, how do you live with this guy? That's not how it works, bro. I know. Like, you ask, how do you help a guy who's struggling like that? You ask, oh, bro, this dude sucks. Why are you keeping playing him? That's not how it works. I can't believe... Honestly, the Packers didn't show up at all in the second half. And don't give me the old Rodgers took them down the field. Yeah, sure he did. That's it. They did nothing else in the second half. Like, they did nothing. If you want to be technical, they barely did anything from the end of the first half, too. Because after they scored their third touchdown, the Colts marched down. They got a touchdown. And then... The only reason the Packers scored a touchdown before the break was because they got a big 50-50 P.I. call. Hey, man, as a Bears fan, do you see any hope for the offense against this defense? Just try to be positive. Listen, if, if there is anything, then that means they finally change things after the bye. Because I don't even know... I mean, the Packers' defense is bottom 10. Then again, they could barely do anything against Titans' defense. Against the Vikings' defense. Those defenses aren't the worst, but they're all probably bottom 10-ish. So, I say Trubisky's the healthy one at this point. You put him back there. Let's see what adjustments you made over the bye. And maybe we still have a playoff run in you. Until then, what you should do is not hold a hundred times like the Colts did. But at the same time, you should keep pounding the ball like they did. Like, every once in a while, I saw Phillip Rivers drop back three straight times. And I'm just like, that's not what you're do- that's not what you should be doing at all. You should be focusing on is what they were doing the rest of the game. Pounding the ball, play action, intermediate throws. 
That's how you easily dismantle the Packers' defense. Yeah, that's how they got their uh, touchdown score in the first half to Michael Pittman. That was a nice catch and run. So I've got. Hey, you I saw that defense? Which one? Um, the one where the Colts offensive line kept holding. God help me. This everyone. It was a meltdown. Part of it was yeah, their holds, but the other part of it, part of it is. You haven't been calling holds all season, but you just did it five times in a row. How does that work? That was ridiculous. And it almost cost them the game. Luckily, they won in overtime. I think... Do you think... I'm thinking the Colts are like the third best team in the AFC. You have them behind the Chiefs and obviously the Steelers? I mean, the Ravens, I would still, as much as they're struggling, I still believe in them. I would put them right below them, even though they actually beat the Colts earlier in the season. But it's close. Then you got a mixture of the Bills, Dolphins, Raiders, Titans, uh, Browns. That's what I would think. Interesting. And then uh, the last big game of the week in the Monday Nighter. Rams beat the Buccaneers 27-24. I would like an explanation for what Tom Brady... How Tom Brady cannot... This year... Okay, I've learned a few things this year. Bruce Arians is not very good at adapting his scheme for his QB. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Not good throwing deep, deep passes. As as much as this receivers can be good for the deep ball, Tom Brady is not a deep ball throwing QB anymore. I don't think yeah, I've I seen agree. him complete one deep pass against any of the good defenses he's played this year, like the Saints, the Bre- the Bears, the Rams. It's just not his style of game anymore. They ran the ball well last week against the Panthers, and then they didn't run it this week at all. That's also part of very good Rams rush defense. And Brady's just, he's not, he's not looking so hot, you know? Like, I don't think this team is a Super Bowl contender right now. Right now, I would put them below the Seahawks, below the Saints, below the Rams. I don't. Honestly, it's tougher to get I mean, in the hey, NFC. The Rams are the number one seed in the NFC West. That's that's. I mean, I th- I still think the Seahawks will win that division. But uh, yeah, because they beat some the people Seahawks were saying that. Yeah. It's just a curse for Brady on uh, primetime this year. Maybe. Well, they play Kansas City next week, too. So, yeah, but it's not primetime, so that's for their hopes. Primetime, time, whatever. Because I don't think they have a chance against the Chiefs next week. I mean, 
Like, am I crazy or I don't really? I really don't think they'll be able to beat to beat the Chiefs. No, oh, you're not, not crazy. crazy. I, I I agree with you. Mahomes is gonna dismantle that defense. Arians doesn't doesn't somewhat adjust the scheme this week too. It's not gonna be pretty. He his two picks. I mean Brady's two interceptions were really bad. Not to say Jared Goff also threw two really bad interceptions, but guess what? He still won. And then he didn't shake Jared Goff's hand. Sore loser. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I think it's just the grudge he has against the Super Bowl QBs he's faced. Why, though? He beat Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. Who cares about a freaking regular season game? I don't know. That's just how the man is. I mean, for the Buccaneers, their only tough matchup is against the Chiefs. They're pretty easy schedule with the Vikings, Falcons, Lions, and Falcons. I don't know. We'll see what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers they can adapt to their situation, and if they can uh, somehow secure a playoff spot, they should. They theoretically should be able to still, but you never know with these types of things. Um, quick rundown of the other games. Let's see. Uh, like we said, the Cowboys beat the Vikings, so that snaps the Vikings winning streak. Maybe just the NFC North all sucks. Uh, the Dolphins lost to the Broncos and benched Tua, but they're still going to start him. I think that move was fine because he wasn't playing well at all. And you can always do that, you know. The Jets almost make a comeback on the Chargers, but the Chargers don't choke this time. Thank God. Um, the Panthers shut the lines out 20-0. to zero. That was kind of sad. DJ. I'm working on something. With my friend. Can you get out, please? I'm working on something. My friend. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texans. Yeah, I thought JJ Watt came back this game. He was great. Yeah, he had about three pass uh, deflections. Came out big for the Texans. D. That was really big. All right. Uh, moving on to our next segment tonight. The first college football playoff rankings come out. So, I've got, I think I'm going to rank, give a shot at my rankings. First of all, I want to talk about that Ohio State-Indiana game was pretty fun. 42 to Oh, yeah, that was very entertaining. For a while, it looked like Ohio State might run away with it, but it ended up being pretty close. Indiana almost made an amazing comeback. And almost, I mean... You feel like Justin Fields started to do things that just made him look pretty silly. It was his worst game. It was his worst game, but let's be honest. He's just doing this so he falls to the Bears, right? You know, that's what we need right there. That's what we need, but that's not what he wants. Honestly, he has a little bit of Carson Wentz in him. Just a little bit, but not nearly as much. 
that's that's how we do you think do you think Ty Fry Fogel is the next Justin Jefferson? I mean, I wouldn't really know about draft stock right now, but that man looks pretty damn good. He torched Sean Wade. And Sean Wade's a first round prospect. Yeah. He had a pick six that game as well. Eh, I mean otherwise he struggled. Pick six was good, but otherwise he played badly. Mike Penix, I, I kind of feel bad for Mike Penix because he, they have no run game whatsoever to help him. But he's yeah, he, had to, he had to throw them off 51 times. Exactly. It's like, oof. Help the guy out. I think Indiana has basically secured second place in the Big Ten East at this point. Yeah, I don't see any other team contending after Penn State and Michigan's uh, upsetting years. Really bad. A um, couple of other key games. Northwestern beat Wisconsin 17-7. You know, that's just how it is. 5-0 Northwestern. Pretty good chance at making the playoff. I mean, hey, they were ranked at number 5 from 19-5. to five. They could be. We'll see how much they move up. Wisconsin, people overhyped them because their backup QB had one good game, but he played... Northwestern absolutely battered him the other day. He's not... The hype is unwarranted. (laughs) And then... um, Georgia finds their QB against Mississippi State. JT Daniels throwing for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, I don't know what took them so long to start him because they could have possibly still been in the playoff race. But, you know, I assume he was still injured. But if he wasn't, they messed up badly. Um, Oregon beat UCLA 38-35. Nah, Oregon, eh. I don't know. UCLA was also missing their starting QB. Yeah, they were... So that wasn't good at all. They still should have the Pac-12 easily. Coastal Carolina beat Appalachian State 34-23. I would love for Coastal Carolina to somehow make the playoff because the Sun Belt has been very fun this year. Yeah, it has. It'll probably be a long shot for them to make the playoffs, but we'll see what's going to happen. You never know, you know. Um, Michigan beat Rutgers in triple overtime, 48-42. That was fun. Yeah, it was. And I don't know. I feel like that's just how Michigan's games are going to be this year. They're not going to have complete control. I think Joe Milton got benched too, and he got outplayed hard by their backup. Yeah, what was his name? Um, Cade McNamara, something like that. So I got rip, rip the Joe Milton hype from October to November 2020. Big L. You know. Um, and then lastly, you had Bedlam. 
what's it called? Bedlam was not competitive at all, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. the OSU got um, blown out by Oklahoma, 13-41. to 41. I don't know why I expected them to actually compete, because every year they lose. It's they just the Oklahoma State way. Cincinnati uh, pulls out from uh, UCF with a tight victory, 36-33. Do you think Cincinnati is going to end up making the playoffs? Cincinnati and BYU both won. So I've got belief in them. Um, All right, time for college football playoff top 10. Since it's the first week they're doing it, Arda finally came. So Arda. Your top, your college football top playoff top ten right now. State. Wait, actually. Number <laughs> one. State. I can't, okay. You can't hear. <laughs> Number one, I'm going Ohio State. All right, um, you said Ohio having State. Tech Wait, did you say Ohio one State number one? Numbers? Wait, wait, hold yeah. up. Yeah, Ohio State number one. Why? Yeah, Ohio State one is too far. You guys, you guys don't like number you guys don't have, you guys don't State number one? No, it's not that we don't believe in them. It's just... Huh. It's just they're not number one. Ohio State number one, Alabama number two, Clemson number three, Notre Dame number four. Right? I gotta do a top ten. Sure. Yeah. I give you Cincinnati number five, Florida number six. I'll put Indiana at number seven, just because I like the way they battled with Ohio State. BYU, Oregon, and Northwestern to fill out the last the top ten. Interesting. Expert analysis top ten. I think that was interesting. That wasn't bad. I've got okay. Okay, I would say Notre Dame number one, Alabama Alabama number two, Ohio State number three, Clemson four, Texas A and M five. Florida 6, Cincinnati 7, Northwestern 8, BYU 9, and Oregon 10. You got Indiana, Miami right outside the top 10. Oklahoma maybe 2, but you know. Well, interesting. My top 10 goes as follows. I have Alabama at 1, Notre Dame at 2, Ohio State at three, Clemson at four. Um, at five is a tough one, but I'll probably go Texas A&M. At six, I have Cincinnati, Florida, eight, Northwestern, nine, BYU, ten, Oregon. 
I like that. I like that. You know, we've all got n different number ones. That's pretty interesting. I put Notre Dame one because beating Clemson is probably their best, the best win so far of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's Alabama, you man. They're always gonna rank them. You know, one or two. Well, it doesn't have to be how you think they're going to rank them. It's just how, how I think they would be. And I think, you know, I'm just, I that's just how I think it's going to be. Uh, Aldo, why did you put Ohio State number one? I don't think Notre Dame is very good. And then I think... <clears throat> I think uh, Ohio State is just really good. You you saw it against the win against uh, Indiana, which was number seven. I put them at, uh, and I put them at number seven in my ranking. So therefore, they beat the number seven team, and they looked pretty good doing it for the most part. And I'm not very big on. They're not very big on uh, Notre Dame. I guess you could say I forgot about Alabama, but I, I don't know. But to me, one, I I say for this week it'll probably be Ohio State at number one, and then as as uh, Trevor Lawrence comes back and he starts to get more into a groove, then I think Clemson will slowly take back their number one spot. Clemson has to win the ACC championship. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I think they will, but you know, that's just how it is. I mean, Alabama, if they stay undefeated, obviously they'll get number one. But. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be a guarantee for Alabama. But I don't know. I've got faith in Florida. You know what I mean? I've got some faith in them. Kyle Trask. I think is the top runner for Heisman at the moment. Since Trevor Lawrence has probably dropped back a few spots since COVID. So at number I would one. say the top five is Trevor Lawrence in, in no particular order. Lawrence Fields, Trask, Wilson, Zach Wilson, and Najee Harris. I would say right now the uh the front runner is Kyle Trask because he's been borderline unstoppable. I don't really think like, you know no one else Kyle Trask has just been unstoppable. You know, what do you think, Eunice? I mean, yeah, at front runner, I see Kyle Trask leading it. Um, I I actually agree that Najee Harris is one of the top five. He's, I believe he's the best player on Alabama. I don't think Mac Jones is the best. Um, I have Lawrence drop down. Um, one or two spots since he hasn't been playing the last two games for Clemson. And then Zach Wilson is probably at four. Mm -hmm. I want you all there. It's probably Fields for me. It's probably Fields and then Fields and then Florida's QB. That's that's Kylie Pitts, right? Or, Kyle Pitts, yeah. Or Kyle Trask. No, no, Kyle Trask. Trask. Kyle Trask. Oh, Kyle Trask. Trask. Kylie Pitts Trask. is a tight end, right? Yeah. 
get those two confused. Now, Kylie Pitts. I, for me, it's either Kylie Pitts or Justin Fields. Pitts was beasting, but then he got hurt. So, you know. So, that's what I was thinking. All right. Let's move on to the last segment of the day. NBA free agency mostly wrapped up over the weekend. We got some trades, but for the most part, you know, a pretty, I think it was a pretty eventful weekend, you know. Alright, who do you think, I think one of the winners of the offseason, draft, free agency, trades, I really like. The Lakers, the Lakers, it's the Lakers, uh, you can't even, like. For I'm me, not, the Lakers, Lakers won far, far and beyond. I wouldn't say far and beyond, but yes, they did upgrade. Yeah, I agree. The Lakers, probably the best winners. Finding Montrezl Harrell and a much-needed point think, guard. You got to think, right? Okay, you're, you're, they're the defending champions, and they had to sit in a room and say, how do we get this roster better? They're all mo- almost all their core players, like or not their core players, like their their contributing players, uh, Danny Green, Rondo, Dwight Howard. They're either all free agents or like they're getting older, so they had very and then very to little assets because they used all their assets to get uh, Anthony Davis, and they still found a way to get to sign the sixth man of the year, to get the trade for the uh, the runner up for the sixth man of the year. And they also signed Mark Gasol, right? Yeah. And Wesley Matthews. Right, so that's, oh, yeah, and I forgot about Wesley Matthews. Still a very viable 3 and D option in this league. So that's four great players bought in. Yeah, even if they don't re-sign Anthony Davis, I feel like they're still the winners of the offseason. Bro, what? <laughs> no, 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 it works. <laughs> Oh, ignoring Anthony ah, Davis, yeah, like, ignoring his ignoring his existence, you know. First of all, you don't need to because we all know. No, I'm just a you guys misunderstood my point. You guys misunderstood my point, though. I don't know. I don't think I did. No, I think you did. I'm not. I obviously think Anthony Davis is going to be the best signee to whoever team signs him. Okay, he's staying with the Lakers first of all. Or he's coming to the Bulls. Maybe he's coming to the Bulls, guys. Okay, forget that. Yes, you're right. They upgraded from McGee to Gasol. Um, we'll see about the switch from Howard to Harrell because Howard played a very specific role and Harrell can't play that role. Um, not just Harrell. He's not good. The way I see it is they they won't. It's what Doc Rivers tried to do. Is get Montrezl Harrell to to close out games, but Mont- that's not Montrezl Harrell's like role. Like, that's not his purpose. Like, like that's not his purpose. So he'll probably play like twenty to twenty, twenty-five to thirty minutes, but he probably won't close out games. He'll probably have Marcus Saul closing out games at the five, or they'll put AD at the five to close out games. Yeah, I feel you. And then Wesley Matthews from Danny Green, much cheaper. That was a pretty nice move. And uh, Schroeder, obviously, 
he might not be the facilitator Rondo is, but also it's not like Rondo plays it very well in the regular season. And he's a much better scorer, so I like that move a lot. I like what the Lakers did. And then yeah, man, they went after a point guard, much needed position after they released Rondo. I think they got it in Schroeder. And then I would say a lot of people were talking crap about the Clippers, and that was pretty fair because they did nothing for a fat minute. I mean, they were literally sitting doing nothing. They missed out on Rondo. They lost Harrell. They lost Jamichael Green. They kept Marcus Morris, but probably slightly overpaid him. But then, I really liked getting Ibaka. That was a fantastic move. That might be the best signing of the you guys say Would you guys say it's an upgrade over Harold? I think. Yeah. Oh, he didn't say it's an upgrade. Ibaka it's over just Harrell, a hundred percent. Upgrade, a complete upgrade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe well, he, like might not, he might not provide made, the scoring punch off the bench, but aside from that, Ibaka is better at everything. Ibaka can shoot. Ibaka is a much better defender. He wasn't exposed in the playoffs like that. He's not the same defender, but like you know, for the same price, I think I would take Ibaka. Surge. So, Blocker. What they still need is they still need a facilitator. They should be tr- they should be calling Detroit right now and trying to figure out what they need to get Air- Derrick Rose. As much as I, even though the Derrick Rose Lou Williams, I don't believe fit, <laughs> the Derrick Rose Lou Williams fit might be weird. They also got Luke Kennard, but they definitely need a point guard still. Maybe Rose, maybe a more assisting guy, you know. That's what they still need. No, that's why they went after Reggie Jackson in the middle of the season and got him. They haven't even re-signed him. And I don't think Reggie Jackson is exactly, like, that guy for them. You know what I mean? I mean, I see your point, but still... He's just a good figure, but I don't think he, he, I don't think he will be. Alright, uh, what other moves? I liked what the Jazz brought back Derek Favors, so they really don't have too much of a drop-off whenever they have to put Rudy Gobert on the bench. So, I liked that move. What else was there? The Nuggets? Steven Adams for the Pelicans. Well, I, the Pelicans, like we said, some interesting moves. They traded away, I think, honestly, so they traded away Drew Holiday. They got a bunch of picks back. They got Steven Adams to I think replace. They, I, I think, think they, I think they finished that trade, the Drew Holiday trade. I don't know. Well, didn't they get like three picks and uh, two decent point guards? Well, George Hill, George Hill ain't that good, and they replaced him with Augustine. Anyway. George Hill had the high, and they're basically the high shooting percentage. They're basically yeah. replacing Bledsoe with Holiday, which is an upgrade. I don't think, honestly, it's not too bad of a downgrade for the Pelicans though, because Eric Bledsoe plays pretty well in the playoffs. They're not, ex- I mean, not not in the playoffs. He plays terribly in the playoffs. He plays great in the regular season. 
So I think they'll still be fine in terms of that position. Steven Adams, they shouldn't have extended him. But I think he should be slightly better than Derek Favors. And the Pelicans uh, re-signed Brandon Ingram to a deal today. Maximize him for five years, I think. Right, yeah. So they brought him back, too, of course. Like, that was always the plan. So I think I kind of liked what they did, but they're thinking... Sometime, at some point, they got to start thinking of the present because they got a lot of later picks from Drew Holiday. So we'll see what happens with that. Probably the most uh, controversial free agent signee of the weekend was Gordon Hayward to the Hornets. What do you guys think? I think it's a bad signing, but it is at the same time uh, in terms of how much money they give. I think they overpaid. Like I like them bringing him in, but I think they could have gotten him for cheaper. It's a slight overpay, but not as as much as people are thinking. Because the Pacers and the Celtics both offered him four years, a hundred plus million too. So it's not as much of an overpay. It's a decent move, but it's not one that's gonna suddenly put them like at the top of the East. So you know? yeah, definitely more. Still top of the East at the moment. Otherwise, I lo- some other moves I like. What else was it? So I was talking about the Nuggets. So the Nuggets got worse. They got Jermichael Green, but they lost Jeremy Grant. Uh, they lost. They lost someone else. I can't remember who. But yeah, they they kind of got a little worse. The Rockets are interesting. The Rockets are interesting because. I'm assuming right now they're probably going to go into the season with Harden and Westbrook. They got rid of Covington. I love the moves they've made. They got rid of Covington. They didn't they sign someone? They signed yeah, they Christian signed, Wood. They, they signed, signed Boogie Christian Cousins. Wood. So it's interesting. Christian Wood's an, uh, Christian Wood's an interesting I think he's, he's pretty good. He can do something. Yeah. I, do you guys see his? Uh, have you guys seen to the Andre Drummond trade? Yeah, he was pretty damn good. You know, like. So that, that's why I like it. I think they made some good moves, but the thing is, can they keep? I think if I'm if I'm the trying to trade Russ, keep Harden. Maybe, maybe. I would say um, otherwise. In the West, I I still I don't think the Rockets are a top team anymore. They're more to like fighting for the bottom. I think they're still four six. Maybe. Um, Warriors. Warriors got Warriors, Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore. Those are some nice moves. Dallas, Dallas, they were mostly trading on draft night. I think we already talked about that, but I really like their team. What do you think about uh, John Wall demanding to trade? I mean, wanting out. He's stupid because he hasn't played in two years, and there's really no reason for that to make any sense. So, 
nothing's gonna happen there. Alright, and then the last few moves there were, what else? The Hawks, the Hawks probably are a playoff team right now. Even though I want to say the Bulls are, the Hawks are probably a playoff team. Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Chris Dunn, Rajon Rondo. It's a lot of nice moves. Considering they were the only team with cap space, of course. Um, Other notable signings were um, few players got maximized over the weekend. Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. I don't know what the Pistons are doing. I don't know why they signed Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee, but you know. <laughs> you need some backups for their centers. They lost Christian Wood, so. It was like, it was getting to the point where if you made fun of a late, though. The Knicks last year for the top forwards, it's time to start making fun of the Pistons for other centers. Speaking of the Knicks, Knicks mostly stayed quiet. I think that was fine. They made some, they made some, like, basically no big splashes, but I think they made a couple of decent moves. They're saving for Clay and stuff. Um. Celtics got Tristan they, Thompson. They didn't do anything that, stupid. I think the Celtics got Tristan Thompson. That was a nice move. Uh, yeah, did they re-sign Daniel Tice or no? They, yeah, they already had him. Yeah. 76ers, you know. Thompson, 76ers, you know, had some nice moves during the draft. So, I like. I think the East is going to be really competitive. That's all I would say. Because everyone basically got better. Well, the league is probably competitive. <laughs> is there any team in the NBA that you think got worse after the after the um Thunder, the Spurs so far the offseason? Thunder, Spurs, Kings. Um, Magic, maybe, maybe the Magic. Rockets a little bit. Yeah, the Rockets got better. I don't know, man, because Covington, Covington's a big loss, and we don't know if Cousins is actually going to do anything. The Nuggets got oh. worse. You know. Yeah, Nuggets got I think even if the Warriors aren't going to be title contenders this year. It's going to be a wide open year. You know? So, I'm excited to see. Alright, anything else today? I think that about wraps it up. Uh, We'll be back with you on our next episode with our college basketball preview. Probably tomorrow. For now, I'm signing off. Have a good one.